This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. And here we go again with the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Um, I've quit counting to how many episodes it is. We've done a few of these now. And I'm back with my usual cast of characters. I have with me Hat Guy Pat. Good evening. And the Soccer Breitbart Conspiracy Chris. I am not Hat Guy. You are not Hat Guy. No, you are not. Um, so, and then at this point, I guess my first question is, would this, you know, when I first started minivan dad it was a part of the u.s fan tv network is it almost the other way around now seeing u.s fan tv hasn't we hasn't been around in a while it's it's its own thing you are the you are the minivan dad for you and you guys are here for me as you guys are almost every week and i think it's just because it gives you guys something to do to be honest so um you know we we have kind of found ourselves in a little niche as an Arsenal therapy session for the two of you to talk about Arsenal and be sad about Arsenal and so on and so forth. But we did see this week, or was it came out today, that reports are the leading coach, leading manager to repl- in Bayern is one Arsene Wenger. Now, I saw somebody refer to him then, would that make him Bayern Wenger, which I thought was a really good name. So, <laughs> And I assume By you guys Arsene. have some... I, I assume you guys have some thoughts on this. Yes. Yes, I do. And I think my thoughts differ from Chris's in that, uh, while I, I'm kind of a, I get, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm a Bayern secret admirer. They've always been kind of my second team. And from a Bayern standpoint, I don't think Arson's the guy they should go after. But as an Arsene Wenger fan, and I say that, Having stepped back, I was wanting him out for a while there toward the end. But um, I, as I step back and appreciate all he did for Arsenal, I hope he does get the Bayern job and I hope he has success. Because remember, Niko Kovac got fired for being in second place this season after winning the domestic double last season, because that is Bayern. So um, Success at Bayern is different than success at other places, and and Arson could go there and win trophies and think he's doing fine, and they could shit can him too. But I, I think they would too. It's he's not going to get the same level of um, love that he got or freedom. Uh, freedom that he got at Arsenal exactly. But I hope he gets the job, even though I think Raphael Honigstein said today he's not going to. I hope he gets it, and I hope he does extremely well. But like they're like three points out of first or something like that. The last I checked. And this is a crisis Bayern season. Well, it's a it crisis. It's a crisis when you get Jack Stomp five to one. They're and already qualified. That, that was a big one for them, certainly. Uh, Boateng got a red card in like the ninth minute, though, against a good team. So, and I, you know, they're already qualified for the round of sixteen in the Champions League. Like, it's not been a bad season by any club's measure, except for Bayern or Real Madrid or Barcelona, maybe. So. Um, but yeah, I would, I would. Yeah, they they play in a shit league though. I was and, gonna say, but yeah, which means if PSG was in second place, that would be a crisis. All right, and speaking of Bayern, or speaking of PSG, that's the guy they should go get is is Thomas Tuchel. So uh, there's no way in hell Jurgen Klopp would ever go there. 
and he doesn't really need to right now. He's probably at a better club as it is, at least for the time being. So, um, but yeah, I hope Arson gets the job, and I hope he he kills it. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily wish him ill. I don't like hate him for what he did at Arsenal. And you wish a lot of people towards, ill towards the end. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but whatever. I won't fight it. Um, I, I don't. I guess the, the, the thing that the grudge I hold there, well, I hold a little bit of a grudge against him in that I do feel like um, he did a lot of, he's to blame for a lot of destruction that occurred um, you know, within Arsenal and, and that I think still is resonating uh, in, in struggles now. But, Good evening. Um, Good evening. <laughs> but the, the part I really hate is as an Arsenal fan and as a social media connoisseur, connoisseur it's probably more than, than connoisseur. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't look forward to if he goes there and succeeds, they're going to, there, there are those like arson FC fans who are going to like conflate the fact that he's gone to a team that, that, um, <laughs> that kind of can't lose. And and will succeed. I assume he would probably succeed there because he'll have the money to get what he wants. Now, granted, it hasn't always worked out. It didn't work out for Nico Kovac, but um, you know, it, it it didn't work out for say Jurgen Klinsmann. Um, you know, the, there there are times that Bayern doesn't just walk away with things. But I kind of feel like um, I I kind of feel like if he went there, he would have the support it took. Like part. Part of the reason he failed in the end at Arsenal was he didn't have the, the the financial support to enact the vision he had. That said, he was also a terrible businessman. I don't think he had he would have the same freedom at at Bayern to make the same terrible business decisions that he was making at Arsenal, and therefore he would be more successful. And, and of course. I just and I, I hate when people are right for the wrong reasons, I guess. Uh, to uh, expand on that point, on the terrible business, uh, one of his final terrible business decisions at Arsenal was to allow Serge Gnabry <laughs> <laughs> to essentially work his way to Bayern. There was a team in between, but Bayern orchestrated the whole thing for like 5 million euros or something ridiculous, and now he's incredible. So... Yeah. Um, he would have another shot at uh, coaching him. I wonder what he would do this time. Maybe, we, maybe he would trade us Mesutozel for Sergio. Yeah, does he want <laughs> Mesut could never go to Bayern. Although uh, Uli Honus is leaving, so he was the guy that I, I, <laughs> Bayern would I, never take Mesutozel. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think at this point. <laughs> I think there, if there's one club in the world he could never go to, it would be that. Yeah, I don't even know how often he goes to Germany anymore. I think it's pretty much maybe he goes and sees family, but I think from his social media, it's pretty much London and and uh, Istanbul. Well, I mean, when your best man is the president, <laughs> Erdogan. Yeah, <laughs> he probably negotiated better than Schittler, though. So <laughs> didn't take us long to go that to go to that one tonight. Um, but but it does. Don't you know, be a big man. So it's a crisis for Bayern. What's we're going to do? So it's a crisis for Bayern. After 10 games, they're actually tied for third. Yeah. They're four, they're four points out of first behind Mönchengladbach and uh, a point behind Dortmund. 
But are are we actually seeing though the Bundesliga like actually getting competitive where it's not just the Bayern Cup every year kind of what France what um France is with PSG? I mean Dortmund's I, usually there. Leipzig is pretty as pretty much a perpetual and usually you'll get you know Schalke or somebody else um Frankfurt somebody else will step yeah. up usually every year. So is that yeah, uh, it, is it just actually the league getting better all the way? I mean, more competitive, deeper. Frankfurt. I do wonder if the final straw for Nico Kovac was not the loss to Frankfurt, but the praising their fans as being amazing, which they are. He's right, but praising their fans as being amazing going into that match. I, I know a lot of people's everybody, every fan base. That this is this goes out to you, the listener here. Everybody, if you need an athlete on your team to tell you that that team's fans are the greatest fans, you're a moron. Because no team's fans are the greatest fans. Although I will say, Frankfurt's up there. I think the CF97 hashtag is a... Am- oh, never mind. <laughs> Seriously. you do, like the, the I mean, pandering, the fire like, does have Don, so... Do you, you need, do you need an athlete on your favorite team to just pander and say, yeah, we have the greatest fans in the world? No, you don't. No, you don't. It's probably an Indian cricket team or something that has the greatest fans in the world. You don't have the greatest fans in the world. And honestly, if it is, it's probably a soccer club in Germany that's not Bayern Munich. So he might be right. Maybe it is Eintracht Frankfurt. But um, I would I would have said if you're going to go with a club in Germany, I would have said Union Berlin just because of the level oh, of insanity. They might. They might. If, some, if, if a player on Union Berlin said we have the greatest fans in the world, they might. I would, I would mean, allow. It. Then, then you look at like Cologne. Like there are so oh, many. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you look at the you you look at Dortmund. Like, come on. I mean, I, I think, and it's interesting that as we're talking, what we see in Europe as the greatest fans, it's German clubs and it's all German well, clubs. Yeah, I think there's that, a lot to that too. I, I think there's a sense of with the fifty plus one rule, it kind of maintains a sense of not just being a like a consumer of the club, but being an actual member and, and having a big, a deeper connection to the club than we see anywhere else. And it, you know, there's like, like my point was that there are great fans of every team. There are more on fans of every team. There are, you know, some teams have fewer fans, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays or whatever than, than other teams. There's probably a diehard Tampa Bay Rays fan. Who's as big of a fan as anybody, but, um, I would assume yeah. they've got to have they got to have two or three season ticket holders. I mean, that'd be <laughs> based on the crowds. It looks that way. But as as far as uh, you know, a collection of fans. If we mean that, if we mean like the things that they do and the, the things that they and their involvement, it's got to be a German club. And I you could you could name a number of them that that it could be, but uh, it's got to be a German club. Maybe they. So if you're a German club and you if you're a German athlete, a German soccer player, and you say to your your fans, you are the greatest fans in the world, maybe you are. But if you're, what, you're looking what, if you're looking for overall atmosphere and with the and the amount of otherwise I'm just gonna say it's Minneapolis City, screw everybody else. So <laughs> what I find kind of fascinating about um, German clubs is that they have both such intense support and such like participatory fans or fan um, um, you know, activities or whatever uh, at the stadium. 
but they don't section out and they don't have to section out home and away fans. Like you'll see videos, uh, like you'll see crowd shots and, and there'll be people wearing the other team's jersey or scarf or whatever standing amongst the crowd there and nobody gets in a fight. They do How? have away, they do have away supporter sections, but you're right. You'll see more of them intertwined than you would at like a English game. Yeah, that you know you don't have to specifically, um, and you know England isn't quite as as hardcore with it as they used to be either. But you won't see people in like away colors in away from the you know, visiting section. Well, but, and, and but, there you'll just see it openly in, 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 in Germany, and they don't really have a problem with it. Well, and yet you, they have such intense support. It, it, to me, it, it's fascinating, partially because, and maybe this just gets into like my personality, I don't know how to be a rabid fan without kind of be hating the, the opponent, you know? Like, I, I can't do it. I, I want us to succeed, and I want you to fail. And yes, there are other teams that I want to fail more so than maybe just the, the team we're playing, you know, at the moment. But I revel in your failure. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I love when Spurs fans are miserable and I love rubbing it in their faces. I love doing that to, to, uh, to Mexico fans. You know, uh, but- the worst part about the U.S. right now is that I have no joy in anything we do, and I know that there is joy amongst like you know Mexican fans because they can laugh at us. Canadian fans can laugh at us right now if you want Cana- to go that yeah. route. Yeah, um, you bring two points. One is you mentioned England and their fans, and the, I think part of it is the reason why you don't see that in England is because you don't even see the home colors in the in the seats that are on camera anymore. You only see polo shirts and whatever because that's the only ones who can afford suit coats and whatever because that's the only ones who can afford those seats at at this point with as expensive as a lot of england has gotten um and now i can't remember the other point so it couldn't have been that important it was probably something making fun of you chris which just assume it was something making fun of you at this point and we can kind of move on from there but it was something about how uh, i don't know how to support a team without hating the opponent well and that and uh, thanks you did figure that out wow i Um, i assume i mean I, I laugh at it myself. Like I, I say this genuinely. Like I don't necessarily intend to do it, but I can't help it. You hated Kirby Puckett until the day he died. Oh yeah, yeah. I hated that guy. Hated him. Well, hated being him so much. And I had twin season tickets. And growing up, I I was more like you, Chris. I didn't like him either. Being from Milwaukee, but I'm pretty sure you know anybody from Chicago on the South Side that. Wasn't a big fan of his either until he died. So um, there's that. But it was all just one World Series. Yeah, that's true. He stole so, your childhood. Which did it for me. I hated Mario Lemieux his entire career. I, I, I hate the Penguins. So, but my, my question for you, though, Chris, is you said that you have to hate the other team. And I don't think, I think over the course of the context of a game, though, I've watched you at games and you do hate the other team when, when they're playing against the U S or, or whatever, but it doesn't mean and you cheer, you do hate it for that 90 minutes or 90, 90 plus minutes. And then at the end of the game, you don't care again, except unless it's Mexico or Spurs, for example. I mean, by yeah, and large, that's, you don't that's care. That's fairly true. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's fairly true. And that's fine. I mean, that's, 
and I think that's acceptable. You don't sit there and go because you see somebody wearing, you know, at a U.S. game wearing a Mexico shirt. You don't automatically say, "I'm going to start a fight with you for that reason," <laughs> unless they do something dumb first. I do mess with them though. I did run. I did run a Spurs fan out of a bar in Chicago with Pat last. last he year. did. That's true. <laughs> is this a story worth? Is this a story worth telling, Pat? A Spurs fan decided to come to the Globe for the North London Derby, and uh, he was sitting behind us, and we didn't really know he was there. He was sitting kind of in the corner, in the back corner by the brick wall of the Globe, and uh, was he the, was he the only Spurs fan there then? I mean, that's just about. I mean, later on, there were some. There were a couple. He might have they... gone. I, I, he might have ended up with them later, but he did leave the area by us because <laughs> I ran him off. It, it, well, he. <laughs> We didn't really know he was there until I think Spurs scored the opener in that match, and he started cheering, and it was dead silent, obviously, at that point, or groaning. And I saw Chris, and I thought he was going to throw a coffee mug back at the guy, or maybe we considered it. And uh, after Arsenal scored their second, I think, first or second, Chris turned around and double middle-fingered him like, like Kid Rock would do. When he was busy pandering for... Like, uh, right in his face. I mean, yeah. like, I got in his face screaming, like, fuck you! <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. I it was like, was, uh, well, my, my thing is, my thing is, in a situation like that, you only came there to be an asshole. And to me, it's like, you're just try- You're just there in hopes that you can be the, the dick who's, like, pissing on everyone else's day. I and I don't like people who do that. Bar. I would, I yeah, I wouldn't do that because if even they have like, a shit bar, like it, I would <laughs> go there. Even yeah. in the days when like you knew Arsenal was going to win the game because they didn't matter, you know, like like the the days where we used to joke about St. Totteringham's Day, like in November, uh, the, this like even back then I wouldn't have done it to them because to me it's just a dick move. Like you're just doing it to try to be an asshole. Well, if you're gonna do that, I'll be a bigger asshole. Like I, I have no I, I've, problem. I have I've no known you problem. For, <laughs> I've known you for 35 years. I've never seen do. you do that. <laughs> I've never seen you do that. All the years, nah. Like so, uh, you know, th- there's like there is that, and then on top of it, yeah, they are a team that I just absolutely hate. I hate everything about them. I hate their players. Uh, I'd say I hate their fans. I do have a few friends at least one or two friends who who are spurs fans and like on those days i will tell them fuck you <laughs> i'll say like today I, today you guys can all go to hell i don't care and you know what if they're if they're truly spurs fans they're telling you the same thing maybe a little oh, kindness, no, they, but they, 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 they kind of laugh at the stuff i say but well we all do and they'll say I mean, something similar too but sure. um and that's okay like i said for the for the 90 minutes that's how it should be. And then after the game, you... I don't know. On, on, on those days, like, unless it goes my way, I don't want to talk to those guys afterwards either. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm walking away. But even if it goes I don't your way... I don't want to... If, even if it goes your way, most... That it's like, that, that I'll be like, dude, yeah, we're not friends anymore. Even if it goes your way, that's probably how most people feel, that they don't want to talk to you the rest of the day. Yeah, Whatever. So, I mean, I don't know, Pat, what, what's your, what do you think? I mean, can you, have you, have you ever found that level of hatred even towards Spurs fans or Mexico fans? I, I think the hatred is not, I, I mean, yes, those are the two, I guess, the club and the, and the 
international team that I hate the most by far. Um, and I would say Spurs is Italy? the one I hate. Italy's up there. And all three of them have a common thread. And that's, it's the fans that think, and, and you know, Italy might be the exception here, actually, because they've won a World Cup. But all of their fans, many of the fans of those teams and other teams, it's the ones that think their team is better than they are. And then they, they get their sense of like masculinity out of it. Like it, it, but it's like, it's, it's ill-founded. It's, it's not based in anything. Like if you're a Mexico fan and you're like, yeah, Mexico rules. Well, big picture, Mexico kind of sucks. Like we do. They suck a little less than we do right now, but they're not going to go win the world cup. But like Mexico fans, like the, the ones that are, I don't like the dumb ones that think their team is better. Like the thing that I'll say about Arsenal fans is we all hate our own team more than you hate us. <laughs> so, and that, that's, 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 that's true. That's why I kind of feel, I feel like I'm, I fit in with Arsenal. I feel that the U S is kind of going that direction too. Like we don't like this. This is not good. We're stuck with this shit. We're stuck with good evening. Let's bring on a, fat wing back when we need a goal instead of you know another striker like we're stuck with oh oh we're up one nothing let's take off our, our defensive mid that we barely even play at defensive mid for some reason you know even I, though I, he's I, amazing I, yeah it, it, i love that little dude does he does emery does and i and i probably asked this last week and i honestly don't remember remember but we'll get a quick emery question is does he last till boxing day I hope no, not. I don't think he lasts past um, Leicester City's See, ending. My my feeling is this weekend. My feeling is if he's not gone after this weekend, he could. There's a good chance he's there through the end of the season. I've seen it written on Twitter many times, but his buyout is apparently six million pounds. Missing the Champions League again is forty million. It we're right there, and yeah. if. It could be a manager that, like, we were one point off. You could definitely yeah. argue that, among other things, that was his fault for screwing up the end of the season. We are close enough and good enough that we could. All I want as an Arsenal fan is for us to sneak into the Champions League for next season. That's all I want, whether it's winning Europa or top four. And then you can really start to sign and build again. But if we keep regressing into this Europa League hole where we're actually now getting used to playing in the Europa League and expecting to play in the Europa League, we're never going to be good again. Uh, so, then the problem becomes that the so many of the recent investments are all going to want to leave. Nobody's going to stay for that. Right. No. Why would Obama and, and you know, yeah, Aubameyang, Lacazette will probably go. Pepe may not want to stay to even fill the, the full contract he has. Uh, William Saliba, who... Uh, apparently Real Madrid, Real Madrid are sniffing around yeah. at. He's not even with us yet, and they're already trying to, to get him. Uh, you, you think that dude's uh, agent isn't going to try and be working a deal if, if, if we're shit? Um, Torreira can't even get playing time. Well, it certainly can't start regularly. Can't always even get playing time. And already, like, what, what was it? Inter, I think, wanted to buy him over the summer. There was no reason we were going to sell them, certainly not at the price they were suggesting, but maybe they were just doing that to kind of put a thought in his head, and in a year, they'll, you know, they were tapping up just in a way that they can get away with. Um, you know, like, 
we we are not a club that can replace an entire starting eleven. And basically, if we don't make the the Champions League this year, that's essentially what we're going to have to do. And you know, we did stupid things like let Aaron Ramsey go for free, who was the whole reason we probably made the Europa League final. And he's going to have to leave Juve today. Oh. After stealing Ronaldo's goal and pissing <laughs> Ronaldo off. <laughs> Ronaldo literally was mad, it appeared, after Ramsey tapped in his goal when it was well, three quarters you know of the way across the line. You know what? It's Ronaldo. Nobody got raped, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> if you know, it, I, I gotta say, and if there's somebody that gets on, on, on my scale along with Marquez and Ramos and Pepe, Ronaldo's there, and it's just because he's such a I think he's a Oh, look at all the cheer. He's still a rapist. I don't care. So, so you guys, um, I guess I, to finish up our Arsenal therapy session, uh, Arsenal has a new captain, right? Yeah. The correct captain. The yeah, correct captain. Probably, among, probably among two correct choices. I, yeah, I, I would have I taken, like, based on some of the things Lacazette's done recently, I might have taken him, but, like, he, like, the two of them have been, have been great this season. Not not only in um, like you know Aubameyang's production, but um, like which hasn't been I would guess you'd say phenomenal, but in many cases he's been all of our production, so it doesn't matter. He is uh, among but, the most underrated players in the world. He's, yeah, and I think well, I think that dates back to even his time at Dortmund. He's fantastic. The, the only he's now the only player to have scored fifty goals in the Bundesliga and the Premier League. God. It's amazing. By the way, my other choice would have been Hector Bellerin, not Lacazette. But, um, um, I, I, I had thought of that. Um, he's done a lot, like he's been amazing in terms of um, both making like personal commitments, like like being like a good human being and, and representative of the club lately. But then also a um, kind of I guess you would say a good steward of the club, so to speak, and a fashion um, icon. <laughs> Uh, but I feel like Lacazette's done some amazing things to like connect with fans. Uh, he and Aubameyang have both done things to like help younger players, which you know, is captain work, you know. Well, and it's and it's interesting because Emery said that he has four captains, and right now Aubameyang is the the number the first captain. The other three that he identified were were Hector Bellerin, Lacazette, and and Ozil. I mean, those are the four he referenced. So you got three so, of the four. It's so weird, and unless Ozil was purely a player's vote, that he well, supposedly, yeah, supposedly the players voted on it. Yeah, and I've wondered, as have a lot of other people, if the Ozil thing was a bit of a Defiant. rejection of yeah, of Emery. Exactly. Yeah, because I would say, I mean, if we're basing it on players who play, Burn Leno should be in that conversation as well, mm-hmm. as one of the. You know, short of of Aubameyang as one of the guys who's held us in this season when we didn't deserve to be. So, all right. So now I want to bring it back full circle. Seeing um, we started down full circle. Well, it is a little bit. I mean, you guys are self-loathing Arsenal fans, so I kind of want to bring it back to the fan base because it's a question I wanted to get at, and I got us talking into Arsenal therapy before too quickly. But it was you, Pat. You mentioned that Arsenal fans are some of the most self-loathing who are the most self-loathing fan base that you can identify is there anybody better than arsenal out there that is just even worse that it about i don't that? know being, uh, arsenal fans embarrass me like being an arsenal fan embarrasses me sometimes based on what you see you know 
people screaming at our players and and it just it but is there anybody worse that is more self that hates their own team and calls themselves fans more self-loathing than than arsenal that you can think of uh, i'm sure there is there's no one i can think of offhand right now and, it, I'm, and I'm i'll expand this to any you know any of this any sport really i guess any italian club that has black players on it maybe hates their own team more than Arsenal that fans. That might actually do. be true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, based on the way things are going over there. I would have said if you get to the U.S., I think in the U.S. and other sports, I think Viking fans might be right there. If you've ever heard Viking wine line, there might be nothing better than a good Viking wine line after a loss. But I, I'm glad you brought that one up, Pat. And I figured that, that was your purpose for it, too. Because we did talk a bit about fans last week, and we did talk about how much this kind of crap in Italy is getting ridiculous. And yet... The only punishment was for Hellas Verona was the head of their ultras is banned for 10 years. They don't really care. No. Absolutely They will do their FIFA in many ways in Italy with this stuff, and or Mexico fans with the Pudo chant, which it's even worse than that, because a lot of the Mexico players have, have tried to stop that, I think genuinely. Um, but, but yeah, the... the like the, to hear some of the things that these people say in Italy, it's 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 disgusting. And this stuff goes back, you know, if you watch the Maradona movie, yeah, uh, some of the things that were said in that, like it's it's absolutely insane. It is Trumpian, one might say, Trump-esque. It, it and it is. And I I thought I and I I wish I can't credit who I saw it from, but I did see something referencing it, and it's not just. Syria, although Syria gets the most press for this level of racism. Wasn't there a 12-year-old that was racially abused at a youth game this week? Correct. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, you, you, you can say this, though. If Trump keeps getting by, booted... By players or adults? Or in Italy, in Italy uh, I believe it was by adults, Chris. Other, by parents of the Wait. other... They were, they were doing monkey uh, chant stuff at... at yes, a child. Years. A child. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, I have and, said before. Never mind. I, and, and I want to say, to me, it's painful. To me, the painful part of this is Serie A has gotten, has become one of the more entertaining leagues to watch week in and week out. Like, the games are actually reasonably entertaining now. They're not just defensive snooze fests. There's a, they actually do a lot more going forward than they used to. And now there are actual, there's actual offense. <laughs> Before the fix kicks in, correct. Before the before the fix kicks kicks in, the, the, there's, but it's entertaining to watch, and yet they make it hard to become a fan of anybody because you watch this crap over and over again. And now I haven't seen it with Roma. I'll be the first. To, I haven't yet. I'm not saying it's not there. I haven't seen it yet. Not nearly to the level that you're seeing with what hell is Verona? Um, was it Lazio's another one? Who Lazio is always bad. Yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a uh, Caligari. I mean, there's there's a few of them that are notorious for it. But you would think Syria, and I guess with Hellas Verona, that's a first step. But you've got, you got to think at some point, just the amount of money they're throwing away is going to catch up to them. That you they don't get recognized because it, there's a point that's just not going to want to. People aren't going to want to have it on TV or not going to want to watch it. Or am I or am I off base there? Somehow it seems to work for them. It um, was the number one league in the world 25 years ago and slowly faded into 
perhaps now the fifth best league in Europe. So I think that the the slide will continue. Yeah, let's. I mean, best league best leagues in in Europe. I mean, let, let's just do a quick a quick on that one. I mean, just while we, while we've got it there. There's England, Spain, and Germany. Indisputably, those three. In you some order, mix up the, you mix up the order, but it's those three. Sure. And then is it France or is it Italy? I would say top to bottom, I would probably say Italy because France with PSG just being so much further ahead. That yeah. although you could say say make the same argument out of Juventus too. So Monaco won the league like two or three years ago when Kylian Mbappe was still there. So sure. So yeah, um, yeah. I guess, I guess, I can't argue any of that. So um, what other things are there? I mean, so what else do you guys have going on? What do we? What do you? We have a, we have a viewer, uh, a, a listener mailbag to get through. TJ, we do and. Dynamite, dynamite drop in there, Monty. So, so we did. We did have two questions tonight, and the first. The minivan, Dad. That we have three. I've got one for you here. Oh, uh, you have one. Okay. Yeah, I'll save. I'll save it for later. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, the the minivan, Dad, listener mailbag. The listener mailbag, which you just drop your questions in at minivan, Dad Pod, and we'll be more than happy to address them. I think the last good question we had prior to this was Calvo. <laughs> we and you and I when we discussed Calvo on an episode, Pat. Goes back that far. Um, so Alex asks us: um, Is he busy sending anybody to Chelsea this week? Is he busy meeting any famous soccer players that have to go play at Chelsea now? Is that and it is a voodoo thing, isn't it? I mean, I swear it's got to be in that sense. Yeah. yeah. And again, I, I know we said it last week, and I'll say it again. I, I if 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 we didn't record past his bedtime, I wonder if if he had his homework done, if we could get him on to record with us once. I do wonder if he ever met like N'Golo Conte or anybody that we don't know about that before. <laughs> he did live in England for a while, so I wonder whose path has crossed. Did he meet Giroud at one point and then he ended up there? I don't know. <laughs> so young Alex's question, and this is a Chicago question, and he's a Chicago, you know, because Pat and I are from the area. Who do you want to see the fire bring in this offseason with two designated player spots, slots, plus plenty of Garber bucks to spend? So... Chris, I mean, do you have any input on this one, or is this a fire question so you're going to check out and go let the dogs out or something? Uh, I mean, I don't think he would be the best choice for winning games necessarily. Uh, but in terms of filling a new stadium, Chicharito. And, it's, and that's a name you've mentioned before, Pat, so I, I assume you have some thoughts on Chicharito with that, in that spot. I would be all for it. From a let's fill the place up standpoint. Um, but like Chris said, I don't think he's. I, <clears throat> there's he's, one guy I want to see. He's currently a free agent. It. And no, it's even more than that. Oh, He's currently a free agent. He shits on MLS, even though he plays in it the last two years. <laughs> he's the greatest 38-year-old striker in the world. Zlatan. But if we can't get Zlatan. That would be pretty amazing. That would fill the place up. It would be big for Zlatan. I mean, we still call it small. Um, but if we can't get Zlatan, who do I want? Not who should they get. Who do I want? Nah, 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 Giroud. I would like to see Olivier Giroud and bring his meaty French forehead to Chicago. <laughs> Is it feasible? I mean, he's not playing at Chelsea, so. I mean, to to me, yeah, it's 
it, it's somewhat similar to Chicharito. He probably is more effective in in MLS uh, for a team like the Fire than Chicharito because because um, he doesn't he he wouldn't be required to like be as fast in MLS. Yeah, I mean you know, he did his, score goals his, in the World Cup or for Arsenal <clears throat> for a while, so it's I don't think he's going to score uh, here, but it'd be fun. I, see, I, I could see where he plays as a false nine. Um, or maybe like a, a plays off like the 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 actual striker like not quite a ten but um, in in MLS and and I think he could probably work for him. Uh, he has good ball skills. He's just not fast at all. And you know what? David Beckham made it work. The other guy I would like that to dude see didn't run here. more than about twenty yards a game. I'd like to see this next guy play here. But that's with the caveat that I'd rather have him actually play on the team where he is playing now, and that's Mesut Ozil. If Mesut Ozil has to leave Arsenal and come to MLS, um, and it, I, I would suspect, again, he'd probably go play in Turkey, but um, if he's going to come to MLS, uh, I would love to see him play here. That, that actually, I would be more excited about that, and see his giant bug eyes all over billboards in Chicago than, than Giroud even, but... Um, but yeah, I, I would like to. I know that Garver mentioned Robert Lewandowski, which I still find laughable that a guy who is, in my view, still the best nine in the world would come here to play. It seems. Not yet. Yeah, at this point, no. He's still he's still successful for Bayern. I can't. No, but if hey, based on based on the nature of the question Alex, Alex asked, who would I like to see? Hey, I'd like to see Messi and Kylian Mbappe. We're never going to see it, but hey, for, I feel like I mentioned names we could see. And you, you guys were, you guys were realistic. I, I took the question at its literal term and just, hey. Now, my question for both of you, uh, with Giroud, Ozil, even even Zlatan, does it fill the park up? I mean, Zlatan. I don't know if you can say it for sure fills it up, but it's going to go a hell of a lot longer, a hell of a a way longer to doing that than um, than anyone the team currently has. Although, as far as name recognition goes, Schweinsteiger was probably more famous than Giroud. Not, oh, not more than yeah. not more than than um, Zlatan Chicharito. or he's definitely more famous worldwide than Chicharito, but not here. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. And then, and I, I would put Schweinsteiger and Mesut Ozil probably on the same plane as far as fame. Um, Schweinsteiger was a more successful player in some ways. I guess they won the World Cup together, but um, but yeah, I, I hope that they go that what I whoever they end up getting, I hope they sign two major names, and I think one of them should be Andres Gordado or another Mexican player, and the other one should be another big famous name, and that might not even but the thing that that TJ has brought up before. And this is true. I think that if they signed no big names, but they were the best team in MLS, it would be, you'd see bigger crowds in the end than if they signed two big names, but they were crap again. So, but, and, and I get it. And, and I look at our at Atlanta United and the designated players they signed weren't necessarily players. Everybody knew they're not people. That, yeah, exactly. But they're really good. 
it was like they were properly scouted. They found guys who fit what they were supposed to do, and that's what you have. Um, which leads me to leads me to my next question, which kind of goes to. Um, so we had going into last week, we were still getting over the MLS Cup semifinals, and now this week we have what do they call it the the MLS Cup final that nobody wanted. <laughs> Certainly, Gar- you ever thought that league was fixed and Garber had control over it? I'm pretty sure this kind of destroys that one altogether. It kind of feels like when the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, I guess it's the right team there in both of these cases. It's teams that over the last, you know, over the last, what, eight or nine, ten years, and you throw Atlanta in with this too, but they're the two... Well, three, I mean, three of the most last ambitious is, clubs, right? Three, they're the three, three of the last four finals. I mean, yeah, this they're, the, the third they're, the four three most, they're the three most ambitious clubs. Um, so they kind of, in that sense, deserve to be there. Um, I do find it hilarious that uh, Toronto's going to have to pick up Michael Bradley's $6.5 million option if they win. So um, you don't know. think that would. What are they? They're probably going to do that anyway. I, I, I don't know. Everybody laughs about it, but I can't see why you wouldn't. I don't think they would pay six point five million dollars for him again. But um, as Paul Tenorio pointed out, they have a he has an option in his contract that if they win this game, he, it's automatically triggered. So, but it, I'm not excited about it. I don't. And, and you know what's sad is I really I thought MLS made the right move in revamping the playoffs. Um, condensing it between the two international breaks so you don't lose the momentum and and ending up with these two teams instead of you know LAFC Atlanta or whoever everyone else wanted to see um I don't really care that much so now will now will it be considered a proper final when it's a defensive stalemate like the other two finals have oh, God, yeah. Will we call that a proper final would that be just MLS sucks you know, kind of, kind of along the lines of um, the last, the previous two, the previous rounds of the playoffs. Well, MLS sucks; they don't play any defense. But and then you got Ajax and Chelsea at four four, and that's a proper a proper game for some reason. And I, you know, and what I can remember seeing in those games, there wasn't a whole lot of really good defense played in that game either. So true. What's that? I was just agreeing with you, TJ. Wow, somebody, you actually agree with me? He's just not used to that happening. No, really, I'm not, no. So we'll get to, so when we come back next week, I guess we'll have, if we choose to discuss it, the the new roster for the next round of the CONCACAF League of Nations and um, the Jack Warner Trophy. Is that what we determined it was, or was it um, Chuck Chuck Blazer Cup? Chuck Blazer Cup, the Chuck Blazer Cup. We'll have a roster discussed. Um, so, but we will get to the, the, the next question, which came from mixed, mixed discarude, at least his hair anyway. And it's when Tab Ramos left, left his thank you to Jurgen. Was that a screw you to the Federation or was that just him thanking Jurgen? Is he now one of the guy, one of the guys in the doghouse with the Federation, like Winaldo or Hugo Perez? And I guess, I guess I'll, I can lead. I'm not really sure. Um, I well, legitimately none of us know. No, no, none of us know if he's really in the dog. I never got the sense Tab was in the doghouse like the uh, like Hugo Perez and Winalda. And I don't feel Winalda's in the doghouse. I think he has his own separate suite of of a shit list for it with U.S. Soccer. I, I do kind of feel like 
since Tab wasn't interviewed the last time around, although he didn't, wasn't the rumor he didn't want it? Like something was up. And so was that the case or was that just the cover up? Might be. You know what? I'll, I, I'm going to, with the caveat that I don't actually believe this, I think it was probably just a genuine thank you. Uh, I will take the ESPN Embrace Debate Stephen A. Smith uh, point of view and say that, yes, most definitely, uh, Tab was trying to get under U.S. soccer skin with that by mentioning the powder keg that is Jurgen Klinsmann. Most definitely. And this this really is a question probably best suited for the soccer Breitbart himself, Conspiracy Chris. <laughs> it is true. Yeah, I, I don't know what my, to think, to be honest. Let's let My, my thought is that for a guy who doesn't speak out very much, to say someone like someone's name like like Quinsman, there is probably something to it. Um, See, I didn't need to take the other point of view. I could have just said what I thought because you <laughs> you'll take the conspiracy every time. I'm I'm not. To me, it's it's not necessarily a conspiracy. I mean, what's he doing? It, you know, it's not like he. It, it's more just passive aggressive, I guess. Um, like. I, I just feel like Tab doesn't come out and say that much, you know? It's not like it's not like there are a ton of quotes out there. It's not like he's Bruce Arena. Now, granted, he didn't have Bruce Arena's job, but it's not like he's Bruce Arena who, like, always has a, has something to say. <clears throat> um, By the way, guys, know, I picked up Bruce Arena's book at a thrift store this week. I haven't started reading it, but I got it for, like, three bucks. Did you, do you feel like you overpaid? A little bit, a little bit. Okay. I debated. Bruce would probably have a, a comment about what an asshole you are for only spending three dollars on it. <laughs> what an asshole! <laughs> and I guess, I guess, kind of to sum this one up, he meant mix mixes hair references the doghouse for U.S. soccer that has obviously Hugo Perez, Eric Winalda. At what point do they have their own celebrity house like VH1? And would this be a reality <laughs> show worth watching? Just the doghouse of people that U.S. soccer is absolutely blackballed. And who else belongs in it other than Winalda and Perez at this point? And Jurgen. I suppose Jurgen has to be in there at this point. I, I, I guess <laughs> Jurgen probably is. Hope Solo. Um, oh, Hope Solo for sure. Uh but at least that one's understandable. Like to me, that that's that's not that's not even a conspiracy. Like Hope Sola and and Winalda are both because they don't know how to keep their mouths shut, which I find entertaining in in, <laughs> on, in in both regards because I love that they give unvarnished opinions. Um, that said, when you are working with a very conservative organization, they're not going to appreciate that. Uh, Hugo Perez, I, yeah, uh, definitely picking your arch rival to go, uh, to go work for is going to rub some people the wrong way. I have to assume that was a very intentional decision on his part originally, you know, like who, who even takes that interview if it's not a, uh, sort of a, uh, a nephew. Yeah. I was going to say an attempt to one up, but yeah, you know, he was absolutely saying, fuck you. Um, so any comment he makes about it to me is uh, just naturally to be expected. Like, you know, that then he's just, he's just speaking what, what was already obvious. Um, it's not even passive aggressive. It's just being aggressive, I guess. Um, 
right. Tab, like, you know, you can say either way because he doesn't say much. But I also tend to think guys who don't say much publicly, it's because they're careful about what they're doing. You know, like, you're, you're not silent because you have nothing to say. You're silent exactly. because you know better than to say certain things. So I have to think anytime you, you know, name a name that you know is going to cause some controversy, you probably intended it. That's why Messi's social media is entirely photos with no text. <laughs> he doesn't want people to misinterpret his words. So I guess the only other one I could think of kind of going through the, do- the who's in the Federation's doghouse. I would hurt Gomez. I, you, you almost got to think he's got a spot in there. I, I don't know. I mean, he I, definitely what it, I, speaks out about the fact that they don't reach out to Hispanic players. Uh, I, I, he talks about Mexico's success in that regard, like connecting with um, potential dual nationals. nationals. That said, uh, is he saying a lot or criticizing them any more than, say, Taylor Twelman does at times? No. Yeah. And those and, are two voices right there that I respect and listen to all the time. Yeah. I, I, I was just going to say the same thing. I think that they're fair enough and they're so forward with it that if you tried to kind of blackball them, it would become obvious that's what you're doing, and they would come off looking like the victim. Now, that's not to say U.S. soccer isn't stupid enough to do such a thing. But There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, <clears throat> uh, hey, PR error, like, that, that's what they're... That's what their uh, isn't that the name the of their isn't should that, be called. I was going to say, isn't that the name of their public relations firm, PR error? Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe PR howler, if you want to keep it in a soccer term, <laughs> which speaking of, we'll, we'll touch on this quickly because I don't know if there's a lot, because I think Pat, before we went on the air, we, we did discuss this a little bit that Australia seems to have gotten it right with what us soccer could should do with their national teams. If you want to make it equal, they Australia signed a signed an agreement with their with their union for that, but their union covers both the male, the men's, and the women's team. But the catch is now all revenues are mixed into one and then separated equally amongst the two teams. So that would theoretically solve the U.S.'s problems. But Pat, you were talking about before the show that's not as much as that seems like an easy solution, which means of course U.S. soccer is not interested in it. There's a reason why it can't be done. Is that correct? Right, because as it stands right now they have to be separate unions because the women are negotiating for health care and the men are not because they get health care through their clubs. So the more I've been thinking about it, it seems like the long-term best solution for everyone is to make sure that the NWSL entirely is getting health care that they need and bump their pay up and well, subsidize they- the whole league even more and not just to the star players and then just give the star players the same damn thing. The men get the, the, you know, $5,000 appearance fee and the same per diems, same travel, do it all the same, make it all the same, and then just subsidize the base level of the NWSL and bring that whole thing up together as long as you need to, until that's self-sufficient. And then you don't have to worry about it. Then you just pay them exactly the same thing. Well, and I feel like, I mean, if you look at what the NWSL announced this week, I mean, they essentially, announced the Beckham rule for foreign players that are not. Yeah, it's it's a a Sam Kerr. It was a Sam Kerr rule. It was a Sam Kerr rule. Unfortunately, it didn't work because uh, Alex, you know, Alex's voodoo sent her to Chelsea. Um, But they but the the other part of that I read in there, which I thought was interesting, is I think they now cover housing. 
which didn't used to be a part yes. of it. Like the team that will now subsidize housing year round in some, in a lot of cases. So, right. you know, <clears throat> I, I was thinking about this and it oh, does shit. seem interesting to me that the men get healthcare through their clubs because most of them, at least non MLS players play for clubs in which true in, in, in yeah, countries with, with universal healthcare. So how are their clubs paying for their healthcare? Is it, is it a, a separate rider on, on their, um, on their contracts? Well, if a club, it, it, it goes above and beyond that. I, I assume sure. it's probably, I, I assume the real thing, and this actually was kind of going to be my, my point. I, I, I sort of, um, pause there. I kind of forgot what I was saying when, when, uh, when you started to laugh, um, I assume it's because the clubs have their own physicians who are then attending to these players and, and seeing to their, their medical right. needs. Do the women's clubs not have this? This is what this is that this is what I started to wonder today. Yes. Obviously, if a women's player gets hurt, there needs to be somebody there to rehab them. Right? But yeah. so they, they would have a liability and they, they would have a responsibility, if anything, to, to make sure that the athlete gets made whole, phys- get brought back to normal. But like from a basic healthcare standpoint, if if Sam Kerr needs to go to the doctor, is you know the Red Stars or NWSL really not paying that? I, I I don't know the answer to that. Maybe somebody listening does, and they can enlighten us. But if that's the case, that they're not, then that's ridiculous. And if they are, then why do the women national team players need a different healthcare policy unless they're playing for a European club that doesn't offer it? But yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It's just... it's a it's a curious question and it's obviously one that's above our knowledge base. So yeah, if there's somebody out there who listening who does understand this and understands why what the difference is with the healthcare and so on. I mean I realistically I would think every player it the clubs should be covering it, but I know small... there's only so much money to go around and you don't want the league to, you know, choke to death and die, but that one seems like I mean, are the non playing You don't staff? want to lead to choke to death, but the players can choke to death and die. Yeah, it, right. It, it, a, an athlete's health seems kind of high on the list of things you'd want to take care of if you're trying to win. So I don't, I don't know how it works. Maybe somebody does. No, I, explain I, to us. Like, we, we've had this conversation, and, and you know, we've talked about these things before, and, it, like, it was just today that it suddenly occurred to me, wait a minute. The men are, in, in many cases, playing in places where healthcare would be uh, would, yeah. would already be covered. So how are they getting it through their clubs? Well, like, but if you want to, not going to go to the NHS. No, I mean they're going to. Plus, do you? I, and I don't know the answer to this either. But are you, as a new, or let's use Polisic for example, right? Is he eligible to even go to the NHS at this point? It, Yes, you you are immediately uh, um, like if you and I are eligible. If you and I are vacationing there, are we eligible? That uh, that I don't know. I don't know how that works. It is there is now uh, more private health insurance in uh, like say in the in the UK. Um, So get outside get get outside of the UK and look at Germany or Spain, you know, or Germany, you know, or Spain or somewhere else or France that might have even more universal than the English, which are going backwards as we speak. I mean, anybody anybody who's going to have Boris Johnson in office deserves whatever they're getting, so in that sense. Anyway, um, so Pat, you said there was one other question. Let's, let's finish this up on a happier note. 
Yeah, this comes from, uh, in light of the most recent uh, Halloween that just passed, um, this uh, comes from Dumbledore's Chunt, who writes, <laughs> what did you guys go as for Halloween? Well, Halloween night, I was on a conference call, so I went nowhere. Didn't we, we recorded last week on Halloween night, so I guess I went as a <laughs> shitty podcast host. <laughs> I guess we did, that's true. We did do a Halloween show, so yes, Dumbledore, that's... Uh, we all dressed in our normal clothes and did a show. So not yeah, in that case, I guess I went as a uh, shitty uh, podcast guest. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't dress up this year. Uh, one um, <laughs> with the snowstorm. Uh, the yeah, the kids didn't even get to go. Like they went trick or treating uh, indoors at um, uh, at a hospital. Chris's all-time best costume was Kid Rock before Kid Rock went full American redneck panderer. Um, I am American redneck. And it worked for him, too. How does it work for Chris? I, I, well, I guess, well, I guess, Pat, then the question is, what was the last costume, what's the last you dressed up as? Uh, it would have been, I think, Indiana <laughs> Jones when I worked in Rockford. That was actually my most recent one, too. As a young television reporter, I was Indiana Jones. I had a good one. I had the satchel and the whip and the, you know, the leather jacket. I've got I've got an official Indiana Jones hat. I actually still have it somewhere. So, if I had dressed up, I would have been Indiana Jones this year. Uh, I've done it two of the last three years, I think. But yeah, uh, <clears throat> part of it is that I got enough of like essentially proper gear that now it's like I kind of have to use that. Huh. And Pat, I'm surprised it was Indiana Jones. I honestly figured you went to some furry furry convention and were dressed up into one of those. So, oh uh, yeah, I was Gunner Snorris, but that wasn't for Halloween. That's, that's <laughs> convention, so. and didn't we we did discuss Gunner Snorris? Did we conclude he's the best con uh, best mascot <laughs> out there? Or did we or is Gritty still had of Gunner Snorris? No, for me it's Gunner Snorris all the way. I fucking love Gunner Snorris. <laughs> My and I'm not kidding you. If you were to look at my phone right now, it's a picture of me and my son and Gunner fucking Soros. Is the wallpaper on my phone right now? GFS. <laughs> I love GFS. him. GFS. GFS. Of all the and things I, I hate about Arsenal, Gunner Soros is the thing I love the most. You mean it's not their? It's not their wonderfully, wonderfully well-measured fan base. We got a Gunner fucking Soros. <laughs> We got a Gunner fucking Soros. Gunner fucking Soros. <laughs> All right. I, I miss <laughs> BFG. I miss BFG. Like that dude was not, he was not fast enough, or really even by the end, I would say talented enough to play anymore, but damn Ooh, was he fun. But his last performance was in that <laughs> final where he was awesome very so. true actually very true that 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 does kind of uh discount or negate a lot of what i just said there yeah and on that note i think we're going to finish the minivan dad soccer pod on a high note or as close as we can this is the minivan dad soccer pod it can be found on twitter at minivan dad pod chris can be found at fine tooth combs and pat can be found at patrick mccraney or us and either of them can be found at us fan tv when either of them feel like being asked enough to actually check that that twitter feed anymore it's really just me i think it, it probably is at this point so and we're, we can be found on itunes google play stitcher soundcloud so definitely subscribe sign up tell your friends get it you know, get this out <laughs> 
I don't believe we are on Grinder, and I don't think we're on Craigslist because, well, can you get well, us on Grinder? I have no idea what what is Grinder. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm only oh, half. I'm that. I'm that old dude. Um, I guess. I guess the next question is: Are we? We're not on Snapchat, although Chris is. So we know Chris can be found on Snapchat. Um, but we don't like Snapchat, right? Is that the idea? Fuck Snapchat, uh, that's for sure. I like the different faces that you can do, and the like the different filters. Like they can be, you can be like a hillbilly or a astronaut or whatever. I like that thing in Snapchat. My wife has it, and sometimes I grab it and I start recording videos of different characters. I've got characters in my head that I need to act out. But other than that, I hate. I hate Most masturbating. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's not true. That is totally unfair. Wow. And on that note, Pat, do you have any final thoughts to come? Yes. The next time we record the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, you and I, TJ, will be uh, fully licensed 9v9 and 11v11 grassroots. Which means we'll have completed the grassroots program in theory, correct? We will be. Yes, we will be eligible to start work on our D license if all goes well after this weekend. The D. The D license. And uh, Pat, I know you're a volunteer in our, our 11v11 class, so that'll be interesting. I, I am. I am running the first portion of it. TJ, yeah. are you uh, also a volunteer? Well, yeah, he, he, did, he, did email, he did email me, and, uh, and I think it was in conjunction with you, so I might be helping you on this one. So I'll have to look at it oh, again really? and find yeah. out. So that'd be, I that'd am... probably, because it looks like there's enough volunteers that want to do all these sessions. It didn't look like he was short of them. So I am running the first 30 minutes of the uh, 11 v 11 session. The in the play practice play, I am running the first play. Two small sided games. We're going to play four v four or five v five with goalies on a 30 by 40 field, and I am going to set up the fields and then balance the competition and spit out some jargon at them. All right, and Hopefully Chris, I teach them Chris, do you have any final thoughts while we're working on it here? No, it's time for us to uh, it's say goodbye. Time. It's you're it's done. Time. You're done. Thanks for listening, everybody. Again, Mini Van Dab Pod, and you're done. They really do move in herds.